0: listening to Daily Notes, presenting by Almost Sideways. Welcome back to the Almost Sideways movie podcast, everybody. My name is Adam, and these are my Daily Notes, where I have fun conversation about films. On today's episode, we are talking about the 2007 film The Golden Compass, which was an Oscar-nominated film, and we're also going to be looking at the new HBO Max movie called Kimmy, directed by Steven Soderbergh. Stay tuned. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen old man i drink your milkshake if you only knew the power of god you have my curiosity now you have my attention this is how i went shall we begin yes 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 we are back here with another episode of daily notes really excited it's Super Bowl Sunday. I'm recording just before the Super Bowl. Really excited for this year's game because it's two new teams. The Rams were there a few years ago, yes, but it's the Bengals haven't been there in a very long time, if at all. I can't. I haven't fact checked that, but the Bengals being there was a really big surprise. I was not expecting that one. That team to be in there. The Rams. I'm. Um, I'm excited to see what they do too. I think this is gonna be a fun Super Bowl game uh, here. And I'm going. I think my early prediction right now. I want to say the Bengals, but if the Rams win, I'm not going to necessarily be too upset by by it. I think Stafford has been long overdue for a big win like this. But anyway, um, we're here recording right before the Super Bowl here, and I'm really excited for these this this episode for a couple of things. I have a couple a new new film that we're just dropped on HBO Max uh, called Kimmy. We'll talk about that in a second. Then I'm also going back and talking about a film. That is on, you know, I spun that, that mystery spin here, of uh, The Golden Compass. Uh, it was obviously an Oscar-nominated film for a couple categories. I think it won visual effects as well, which I think that it is a deserving win. We're going talk about The Golden Compass today, too. We'll share more of my thoughts there, too. But I also want to throw in another review for an Oscar-nominated film for 2021, and that is Nightmare Alley. I'm really excited for that. So anyway... Uh, I think because it's a new film, we're going to be talking about Kimmy, first directed by Steven Soderbergh and starring Zoe Kravitz. Kimmy? I'm here. What time is it? It's 7.26 a.m. Kimmy? I'm here. Call Dr. Burns. I got her. What do you want for me? Kimmy? I'm here. Why don't you run for me? Call Darius. Hey, hotness! Wow. What are you wondering? What do you know? Kimmy? I'm here. Reopen last stream on desktop? I need more kitchen paper. Open yesterday's stream? I'm a voice stream interpreter. I may have heard a crime on one of the streams. The devices pick up lots of things. Just mark this degraded audio and delete it. I am not capable, and you know it. I think a woman might need help. How do I find out who she is? You need a device number and the admin code. Will you make me one? This is last favor, Curtis. Close Closure files, come to my office. We'll listen to the recordings together. Miss Childs, I have to know what we're dealing with. We're dealing with what sounds like a premeditated murder. How do I know that? Because I just told you twice now. Maybe you've just replaced your real stresses with this. Can we please call the FBI? I understand that you have taken some mental health leave in the past. Why is that in my file? You said you had it. They did. But now they don't. Kimmy, bedtime lights. Is this the only copy? I emailed it to everyone I know this morning. Kimmy! I'm here. All right, so Kimmy, like I said, was directed by Steven Soderbergh and stars Zoe Kravitz. And this was not something that was necessarily on my radar going into that. I actually didn't realize it was opening this weekend until, you know, we are on almostsideways.com. Take a look at that. Uh, Terry always updates that and has a trailer for it. Then I saw on HBO Max it was dropping on February 10th. So I was like, I knew I wanted to see this one and I heard about it. I just didn't know the release date. Uh, the the big thing, reason why I wanted to see it. My company, you know, I work for uh, Honey Bucket, which is the portable tra- um, portable restroom company. We actually got the contract for the the restrooms for this movie set. This undisclosed movie. Uh, they gave us the title of it, but didn't tell us anything about it. That it was this movie called Kimmy. Uh, we they they needed a bunch of toilets, so I was actually part of the delivery crew for this. I don't actually remember. Um, seeing there that they had these one restrooms for the the main stars and a bunch for the 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 extras for this riot scene here um or protest scene and that's there and it's kind of cool it's they were filming in Seattle at City Hall Park down there and it was really cool to kind of be there and, and it felt like i was on the movie set here i remember i couldn't leave for a little bit because they were filming they were filming or about to film a scene there so i was kind of hanging tight there and near this where they were filming the film so that was, that was pretty cool so it made me really excited for it and for this movie but anyway if you haven't didn't know anything about Kimmy and you haven't seen the ads and trailers on HBO yet uh, basically this is a film it's it's 90 minutes really sh- uh, short film tight concise film but anyway the synopsis on um, Letterboxd here says she's not the only one listening. Uh, During the COVID-19 pandemic in Seattle an, um, an agro Phobic, agoraphobic tech worker discovers evidence of a violent crime while reviewing a data stream and is met with resistance and bureaucracy when she tries reporting it to her company. To get involved, she realizes she must face her greatest fear by venturing out of her apartment into the city streets, which are filled with protesters in the wake of a city council passing a law restricting the movements of the homeless population. So some of things unpack here. Obviously, film takes place during the... COVID era of, you know, the the last couple of years I've been living in. But also, if you know anything about Seattle, which I do know because I'm up there quite a bit with my job, the homeless population is uh, really big up here uh, at times in different areas. So it's kind of, there's a lot of things unpacking in this film here and a lot of stuff under the surface. They don't really have the main focal points in the film here. But we see Zoe Kravitz as this person who's agoraphobic. She's a tech worker that listens for a company called Kimmy. And Kimmy is basically like Alexa or Siri on um, your phone. She's like a listening device that kind of helps you live your life and kind of helps you with like dimming the lights, cha- playing a song, uh, turn, you know, upping the raising the volume, trying to. Planning your day, helping that in a way. So anything that Siri and Alexa do is basically what Kimmy is. But she's one of the uh, – so we craft this character here. She plays uh, Angela Childs, and she is a person that obviously doesn't like going out of her her apartment, and she has her job where she's listening to all these different uh, problem calls, things that Kimmy necessarily doesn't understand, so she's trying to correct it and help better uh, having the system work and better before they go public with it. So anyway, she comes across the stream where she hears a violent crime there and tries to report it. And this is where it's, it's very fascinating here because it with a, such a, sh- a small runtime, a short runtime here, what Steven Soderbergh was able to do with very limited budget, I'm assuming here, was able to streamline a movie that was really quickly edited, really fast-paced, really innovative filmmaking. It kind of reminds a lot, of, I've been seeing a lot of people say it's kind of like uns, Unsane, which is like that movie with... um. Kind of clairvoy, I believe, and they're like filming on an iPhone. I get a lot of those vibes here there's not like crazy shot work here, but it is pretty dang interesting here and moves really fast and I think Zoe Kravitz does a really good job as Angela Childs in this role that made me really invested. And at the end of the film, there's a climactic thing that happens here that really gets me on the edge of my seat. And I was really excited for it. And also a big thing in Seattle too, is when they always, they always show like a space needle or the football stadiums or, you know, stuff like that, the kind of basic shots they always see, but there are actually some shots here in Seattle that I was able to, like, I know exactly where they're at because it's not really a traditional Seattle location that they're filming on, which is really cool. It was especially a cool shot that I, I saw that they were kind of close to Magnolia, which is a no one listening will know what that is unless you live in uh, Seattle. But in Magnolia area, Queen Anne Magnolia, that's a really cool shot that they do there. I like that one a lot because that's a cool little bridge they can film on. But anyway, uh, some other cast members on this film, they have uh, Jamie Camille, which plays this uh, guy here. uh, But um, guy who is kind of this... um, Person kind of sweeping things in the direction to get down to business here, but his his character is pretty cool because he was in like uh, different things like Jane uh, Jane the Virgin here, and also played in Coco, Secret Life of Pets, and a lot of voice good voice actor there too. But we also see Devin Rattray, which plays buzz from home alone his character is really big in this movie actually too so i really liked that he's in here you got Jake, jacob fargus and you got byron bowers the cast here does really a good job i think that everybody does a really good job for this it's kind of lower budget film that just pops on a streaming service here it's really fascinating and i really do du- dig this movie yeah maybe because i have a little more of the ties i know some of the background to it where i was in like actually, on location where they were filming this, but overall, this is probably my favorite film of 2022 so far. I've given this one. I'm going. I'm doing it. 3.5 out of four stars for me. It's a, it's an entertaining film. that I want to watch again. Get more. into I think Zoe Kravitz um, as Catwoman is going to be a fantastic casting here. I think she does a fantastic job as in this movie Kimmy. So definitely take a look at it. It's free streaming on HBO Max. Steven Soderbergh really doing knocking it out of the park with these lower budget films. You know, I've seen a bunch of his movies uh for obviously the oceans movies contagion magic mike uh there's some like obviously i I haven't seen unsane yet but a lot of the big comparisons were to that movie And i think i need to see it now so unsane is definitely something i'm going to take a look at but it's also really cool to see like a a director oscar winner oscar winner get like some low budget doing some lower budget things but making them really innovative so really enjoy kimmy a lot so definitely check out take a look at that All right, moving on to our next review here, and that is Nightmare Alley. I will ask you simple questions. You will answer in short sentences only what you believe to be absolute truth. Absolute truth. I can do that. Now, brief as you can, What is your name? Stanton Carlisle. Are you a true medium? Yes, I am. Mr. Carlisle? Doctor, how about that? Please lie down. Can you read minds? Yes, I can, under the right circumstances. Keep your answers brief. What do I want? To be found out, same as everybody else. Are you in contact with the beyond? Well, we've had our share of snake-charmers in the past. We deal with them. You don't fool people, Stan. They fool themselves. I've given you a fortune! It's time that you delivered. When does it end? I wanna know. (laughs) If you displease the right people, the world closes in on you very, very fast. I wanted to talk about this movie, obviously, because it got some Oscar nominations this week. Speaking of Best Picture, I also called that it was going to get a Best Picture nominee. I hadn't seen it when I predicted it. I was kind of just throwing it out there, and I was surprised that I got it correct. But let me talk about this film real quick because I, this is actually my new number 10 film of 2021. And I absolutely adored this movie. I think. Gilmar del Toro does a fantastic job not making a creature feature but telling a really captivating slower paced film that absolutely has an amazing payoff at the end of it. I thoroughly think this this is something that makes me want to go back and rewatch the older version, the original version. Here that's a little darker. I think Todd, thank you Todd for that information. But seeing this play out here, I think Bradley Cooper Does a great job being stoic and very not doing a whole lot of overacting. He just can very just gets the story going. You're you're wondering, you're taking on this journey as you go through being a carny and a mentalist and then bear the very ending where I'm going to spoil it, but it's it pays off for me there. But seeing the supporting cast with Rooney Mara, you got Tony Collette, Willem Dafoe, Richard Jenkins, Ron Perlman, and Mary uh, Steinbergen and Kate Blanchett. It's, uh, everybody does a really great job here in these roles and it feels like just a fascinating world that I want to dive back into. The only thing I can think of being a negative really, yeah, it, it, it's two hours and 30 minutes. It's a little longer film. There's some stuff that maybe, yeah, you can trim down here and there, but I don't want them to. I kind of really dug it. I, I wanted to see more into this world and I would not be opposed if they Del Toro wants to go back to it because I think a lot of the stuff... With the Carnies, I think that's really awesome. The cameo at the end with Tim Blake Nelson just made me go like, oh my goodness, that just happened. Really cool to see all these characters. But again, this is a 3.5 star film. Again, kicks out pleasure out of my top 10, and this is a top 10 movie for me. Oh, well, kind of This last week I was definitely thinking about because I saw Red Rocket this weekend too, and I was like, do I, which one do I put in my top 10? But I'm, I'm settling with Nightmare Alley, and I'm really happy because... Uh, it's a great film. I it's way better than Del Toro's previous Shape of Water. I liked Shape of Water, but not nearly as much as I, I enjoyed Nightmare Alley. So definitely take a look at it. It's streaming on HBO Max and Hulu. I watched it on HBO Max, but it's a streaming service, so just go watch it either way you can find it. And it's a Best Picture nominee with some really cool uh, um, other Oscar nominations there too. Uh, to, I guess Cape on shit's one I predicted to get in there. She didn't get into the best supporting race, but I thought she did a really great job. I always, I'm a big fan of Kate Blanchett, so I think this year I kind of want to go watch more of her older movies as well. So, anyway, that's my quick thoughts on Nightmare Alley. So, obviously, I'm talking about two really good movies, giving them 3.5 stars. I really, uh, really liked Kimmy. I really liked Nightmare Alley. Quick little shout outs to some other movies I watched this week. I haven't really done this. I watched Red Rocket. It's another three and a half star film. I really loved the Simon Rex in that. Uh, I do have a vote at the Spirit uh, Independent Film Awards for Film Independent, and Simon Rex is my uh, my lead actor vote. I'm Throwing that out there right now. Fantastic job, Simon Rex. I also watched the nineteen forty nine film *Adams Rib*, which you'll hear a full detailed review on the main podcast dropping soon. It's a three star film for me. I loved them in this uh, this film here. Um, also, *Prayers for the Stolen* was somebody I was a Film Independent nominee for Spirit Award for International Feature. That's an awesome, a really good film there as well that I recommend you guys should all check out. Uh, Prayers for the Stolen is streaming on um, Netflix. Adam Sherman is on HBO Max and Red Rocket you can rent on Amazon Prime as well. So anyway, let's get into our last review here. This is the the blind spot, you know, the the roulette, 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 roulette wheel, wheel of uh, films here that I spun from last week, and that is 2007's The Golden Compass. What is this? It's an alethiometer. It tells the truth. You are meant to have it. You keep the alethiometer to yourself. It's of the utmost importance to yourself, to all of this, and perhaps to all creation. I propose to discover a world much like our own in a parallel universe. That is heresy. That is the truth. Are you familiar with the prophecies of the witches? You think she is that child? She must be found. War is coming Lyra. Her loyalty will be put to a proper test. I need to go north and fight. We protected her as long as we could. You have no idea what's at stake? Figuring on joining this turkey shoot? Yes, I have a contract with the child. The Golden Compass is the one that I didn't really want to watch because i heard kind of negative things on it and i was not really excited that i spun it but it is an oscar-nominated film that i wanted to watch and get you know say that i had finally seen it and get it knocked off my oscar-nominated list and also all my blind spot list as well plus it's another 2007 movie so it's, it's really nice to have all that in there so one thing i did different this time than i did previous watches like this i actually reached out to twitter you can follow me there at adam sideways i posted up there what are your thoughts on the 2007 movie, The Golden Compass? And I got a couple of responses back here. We're going to pull some of those up here as well. So share what people have thought about this film. So a couple of people here reached out on Twitter to my post and had mentioned what their thoughts and opinions on the film were. So we're going to talk about those real quick. Uh, Tom Soars Sol, uh, at Tommyverse, he said, I only watched once. When it first came out, and I remember feeling very underwhelmed. Maybe I should give it another try. Uh, then we got Ryan Dependetto at Depedto Ryan on Twitter. He did a gif of South Park saying, that movie sucked. Uh, then we have uh, Loretto at Marcellus Durden, our friend over at the uh, uh, Film Geeks uh, podcast. He said, it seemed like a really cool franchise, and I initially really enjoyed the first film. Was bummed when it didn't get continued. I appreciate everybody reaching out on Twitter for those comments. But my thoughts on The Golden Compass, what I remember of this film was that there was a controversy about it when it first came out. And the main criticism, as I'm looking, researching it before I started talking about it, was that some religious groups back in 2007 when this movie was coming out were angry about the new film The Golden Compass since the film was uh, commissioned and even before shooting again, religious groups were outraged, pegging The Golden Compass as a direct attack on organized religions, uh, particularly Catholicism. Now, that was mainly because the main director, or not the, the author of the books, didn't have a lot of critiques about the Catholic Church and stuff like that as well. From what I was hearing, I don't want to really go into so much. That's kind of what I've had found here. I know that I, I believe this is from the same author, the Golden Compass, who has that his Dark Materials T uh, HBO show. So if you if you like that, you should definitely check the show out. I haven't watched the show by any means, but I'm just watching this film here. And I gotta say, the movie has a lot of big name. Power behind it. It has actors that we love, uh, from Dakota Blue Richards, just plays uh, the main daughter here, or main child actress that we're following. Also shows Daniel Craig, Nicole Kidman, it shows up Freddie Highmore, Sam Elliott, Eva Green makes appearances, and Ian McKellen, what a lot of big name actors here. And I definitely see where this was going to be like a Narnia, uh, Lord of the Rings type of film here, and I it just. For me it was really boring it was really hard to get invested into this world obviously there's a lot of moving parts a lot of stuff going in and trying to set up a big world and a big franchise but it doesn't really do a a good job for me movie comes out in an hour and 53 minutes and i was really bored not really confused so much i think there's some interesting things they do i thought nicole kidman was just radiant and just popped off the screen every time she appeared in this kind of gave me really paddington vibes on that kind of thing because she just there's a, there's a big name actor in this film. Daniel Craig's pretty decent in here as well. But other than that, though, the visual effects is what you really are talking about for this film because it was it won best visual effects at that Oscars. So I think it's a deserving win. I have to go back and look at. I think they were up against, um, if I remember correctly, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean three. And there was another film that got nominated. I'm pulling it up here. You can check all the Oscar nominated stuff on almostsideways.com. So, the, goal, the Golden Compass, actually, before we do talk about the visual effects, actually, no, I'm here now. Let's just look talk about that. It uh, was uh, Transformers, Pirate Care Beginning at World's End, and The Golden Compass. Uh, I, I think Transformers could have won here. Ah, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean was good, but not the the best thing ever. But yeah, I think it's out of those three nominees, which is kind of funny. Like, where were the other nominees? Why are there, were there only three for this year? It's, it's kind of weird. Uh, now they usually do five. This is before Marvel really got involved in a lot of stuff. Because I think Iron Man could have easily taken out of these three nominees, but that's next year. But anyway, but also. Golden Compass got nominated for Art Direction, which is another interesting nomination here, considering who they're going up against. Definitely, I don't think had any chance or any real business in this category because you have Sweeney Todd, American Gangster, Atonement, and there will be Blood as well as Golden Compass. Kind of a weird nomination there for the Golden Compass, but I'll, I'll allow it, I suppose. But for me, the Golden Compass just—it just—it's it just, kind of forgettable. Other than those special effects, the story for me is just not something that I'm going to remember going moving forward, and not something I want to rewatch. Maybe it gets me ex- wanting to check out the Golden—or not the Golden Compass, but the Dark Materials. But overall, I'm just kind of left with a one-star film that definitely had more promise, and probably. A, a, different uh, set of times maybe like this if you start making this film now you probably could have a really interesting concept of a film franchise here but for me at this point i i don't see myself ever wanting to re-watch this film so i'm giving this a one star for this this is my least favorite film that i've done on this the spinner wheel but at this time we do go over to the mystery wheel and see what i review next all right, so we're back here at the mystery wheel here. And again, we have all our normal spots. 82, all the Any year from 82 all the way to 2017, anything that has a 2 or a 7 in there, basically our anniversaries, that's going to be what's on this wheel, plus the big blind spot. So we'll see if we get one of those. So anyway, let's go and spin the wheel and see what happens this time. All right, hopefully we get a different year this year. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Big blind spot. We have the blind spot, it looks like. (laughs) Big blind spot. Non anniversary related years. That's awesome. Let's see what. uh, Let's put some movies on here now. Let's go. All right. So, this was really fun to kind of put together 10 movies that could possibly be spun on this list here. So, let's talk about which ones I have. Decided that I put on the uh, the spin here. Some really good ones ranging from all the way from the 30s all the way to the early 2000s. So, with our first choice, we had to put on The Godfather Part 2. Biggest blind spot, I would say. Right there, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I have Dog Day Afternoon, Vertigo, Gone with the Wind, On Golden Pond, Scarface, Akira, Brokeback Mountain, and Mulholland Drive. So, some interesting choices here. Really excited for everyone on this film here. So, Let's spin it and see what we get here. So let's go. I have really no anticipation. I just want to see all these movies here too. We're spinning, we're spinning, we're spinning. Oh my goodness, this is going to be a fun one. Wow. All right, okay. I'll wait until the cheering's done. The movie we got. Mulholland Drive. I'm going to watch Mulholland Drive for the very first time, ladies and gentlemen. Pretty excited, scared all at the same time, but Mulholland Drive is what I'm going to attempt to review on the next episode of the podcast. Really excited for that. Anyway, guys, well, that's my quick episode of what I watched, Kimmy, Nightmare Alley, some recaps from other films, and, um, of course, that one that we're not going to talk about much, The Golden Compass. Anyway, Mulholland Drive will be next week, and we'll find out what else new film that comes out. I'm thinking it's going to be Uncharted next year. I want to go see Uncharted in theaters. So, Uncharted and Mulholland Drive will be reviewed next episode, guys. So, look forward to it. Until next time, I'll see you guys later.